Hello? Hello. How many people for a microphone, huh? <laughs> All the people in the back going, what do you say? <clears throat> I'm thankful this morning. <laughs> I'm thankful for a... Uh, I'm thankful for... Uh, the Word of God. And I'm thankful for Jesus. You know, I was thinking about that, that song we were singing there a few minutes ago and saying that what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Morning, Mike. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you this morning. Emily? Yeah. So many of you here this morning, you've braved the cold and and the snow, and you made a determination to be here this morning. I mean, we can usually find an excuse to do what we want to do, can't we? <laughs> and we can find an excuse not to do what we don't want to do. And so uh, I feel like uh, this morning that, that um, if you're here this morning, you made a determination to, you know, I was reading about Jesus and the, and the sower, and he says, and the sower went forth to sow, and he says, the seed is the word of God. And as he sowed, there was, some, there was four different types of soil that he sowed in. And one of them was really pretty difficult to get anything out of. It was by the wayside. And it was hard packed. And it was not going to receive the seed. And so um, he went on and he, and he sowed in some, some stony places and and uh, the seed sprung up, and, and, but it didn't last long because it didn't have any root. And then um, the, the word was sown in, among thorns, and the thorns, it says, sprung up. And, uh, and it choked the word, choked it. And then there was good ground, and the good ground was the place where there was some fruit that was brought forth. Some 100-fold, some 60-fold, some 30-fold. And so... Um, that's only a one in four, you know that? And I think maybe the word goes forth this morning. I'll have a little better odds of, of finding good soil because you've made a determination to be here and uh, to hear uh, God's word. That's what I come so many times to do is to, to hear what God's been speaking to somebody else. I, I stay in the word at home a lot. You might ask my... My wife there, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in the Word when she's not even around, uh, whether she sees it or not, but uh, hopefully she sees it in me. <laughs> you know, in, in the work that the Word does in our life. And so I'm going to tell you a little story about a, about a guy who, um, a young man, uh, pretty strong and, and self-willed and... Um, he was a soldier, and he was in business, and, um, and he, he built a house. And his house, uh, uh, you know, as housing goes, if you build a house before, you know, you don't really know whether it's going to leak or not until it rains, you know, and, and you don't know whether it's really going to stand or not until uh, oh, a storm comes along. And, um, and anyway, the winds blew, and, and the storm came. And the flood came, and it beat up against that young man's house. But he didn't have a very good foundation, and his house fell. 
crumbled. And the young man was broken. And it was hurting. And so, in that broken and hurt state, that young man in desperation reached out. He heard about somebody who was traveling throughout the United States and it was carrying this, this word. And so he saw this guy on the television and he was preaching to hundreds of people in this big church. And, and, but this young man, he wasn't where that big church was at. But he heard the word and he thought, boy, that's, that's, that's powerful. Can that happen? Is that for me? Is that for that young man? He said, and, and this, this preacher determined that he wasn't going to just preach in the church where there was hundreds. He thought he would go out into the community around, the communities around the smaller places. And so he made an appointment to, to go to a hotel. And, and this young man heard that he was coming to that hotel. And he went to that, that meeting that night. And there wasn't very many people there, just about what there is here this morning. That young man sat way back there in the back. And I don't really know what that, uh, I'm going to tell you who the young man is. That's me right here. And I really don't know what he preached about. I couldn't tell you what the message was. But I know it was about Jesus, okay? About that, that beautiful name it is, that, that wonderful name it is, that precious name that it is. And I don't think he'd probably had to say any more than Jesus and how to come up to that altar and got on my knees and received Jesus Christ in my heart. But he preached for a while. And they sang and they did the praise and worship and, and, um, and the Spirit of God was there, the anointing of God was there. Without the anointing, there's nothing going on but a lot of talking. There's just music if there's no anointing on it and on those that are doing it. And so... The anointing was there. And uh, I went down to that altar that night. And I remember one of the songs was um, uh, The Old Rugged Cross. <laughs> old Rugged Cross. And it, it says there in that song, um, about I was was blind and now I see. Remember that? Hard to build a house when you're blind, you know that? It's hard to do anything when we're blinded. And this world is so good at blinding us to the facts of, of what we really need to be doing and, and where we need to be going. You know what? That preacher really didn't determine that he was going to go out there. He was led by the Spirit of God to go out into the smaller community. And so I was thinking about what it says here. I happen to be a fruit, you know that? A lot. Oh, gee, my buddy up here, my buddy up here said, I thought you were a nut. Now, I'm, I am from Cali I am from the land of fruits and nuts. I did get born in California, but my parents got me out of there pretty quick. So there was a little hope for me, you know. 
So anyway, I love it. I love people that are interactive. I do really love that. And so it says here in Romans chapter 10, and we're looking here at verse 13, 14, 15, through 17. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How are we going to call except we believe? And how can we believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Can't even hear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Unless this word goes forth, we're all deaf. I was reading this morning in, in Isaiah where uh, Isaiah uh, uh, did uh, answer the call. And, and the call is going out. Jesus says that there are many who are called, but few who are chosen. I think about Alex, and I heard that she's, got, she's coming through New York or something, or headed to Guatemala. Is, is that true, Colton? Or through New York? Is it New York, or where is she going at? Some, and going to head directly to Guatemala? Okay. And your mom and dad are going to head down there? Try to intercept her? And <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're in Florida, too. Yeah, I, 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 I really hurt for them, too. If you, if you hadn't asked for prayer for them, I was going to ask for prayer for them, you know? Yeah. They, I, I honestly do believe, though. I was thinking about that this morning and praying for them. And I was actually praying because they're on a missionary trip. I mean, God has them on a trip. You... You don't, I don't know if you realize that when you walk out of this place, you're on a missionary trip because we're in a, in a city of lost souls. When Jesus, when Jesus is looking around about the disciples, you know, um, Matthew chapter 9. Let's go there just for a second. I want to show you a scripture there. Matthew chapter 9. And... Um, How many of you have Christ residing inside you? Inside you. Right deep down in here. And it says Jesus, in verse 36 it says, But when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest 
truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray you to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. If we truly have that spirit of God within us, if Christ truly resides within us, when we look about in this nation, we look about in our communities, when we drive by some places that are a little uh, run down and you can see that, that things are not being tended to on the outside, probably the things are not being uh, attended to on the inside either. Do we have that same feeling of compassion? Do we see the broken and the hurting? When you drive by uh, Park County uh, Jail out here, uh, Department of Corrections, excuse me. They don't do near the correcting there that they need to do by opening that place up and letting more ministers go in there and bring in programs and things to bring healing and to bring hope uh, to those individuals. There is a lot more work to be done there than is being done there. But there's a lot more work right outside this building here that needs to be done than is getting done here. And who's going to do the labor? Who's going to go? Who's going to do it? <clears throat> Jesus had that compassion. Well, I just tell you that, that there's a meaning of that word compassion that has a whole lot more to it than feeling sorry for people or having pity on them. Every place that I see that the word compassion is used in the scripture, it moves somebody to do something. When Jesus saw them and he had compassion on the multitude that was hungry, guess what? They got fed. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, uh, the harvest is plenteous. Plenteous. I don't know what the population of the world was back then, do you? Anybody got an idea, a clue, what the population was? You know what it is today? like somewhere between 6 and 7 billion people in the world, if it was plenteous then, brothers and sisters, I, I tell you what, it is more than plenteous now. And uh, I started to say something about uh, Alex and her being gone <clears throat> for all this time. She's going to be gone for nine months, as I understand, on this missions trip and the things that she's seeing. I, I'm, I'm, she's never going to be the same girl that left this place. I mean, she read some magazines I gave her. She prepared herself, I think, as well as you can prepare yourself to go to some of the places she's, going, she's gone to and is going to. But I don't think anything prepares you for it like getting there and being there. I mean, I was pretty prepared to go to Haiti until I stepped off the plane and the smell hit me. And if we drove through the streets and you smell the feces, and you smell uh, the filth and the garbage, and you smell death laying in the streets, and that, that sweet, nasty smell of rotten flesh. I mean, you, you almost can't get it out of your system. And, uh, and then coming back after the time down there and being, uh, being, having diarrhea for 14 days, you know? Well, I don't know, something I picked up in the mosquitoes, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty much immune to mosquitoes now. So, um, but I got something, got something into me besides mosquito bites. 
I got a compassion for people that are hurting, that are broken, that are hungry, that are dying. And uh, I had to keep going back and keep going back. And Alex is not going to ever be the same because of what she's seen and what she's experienced there. And, and I hope she never gets to that place where she's, she's comfortable, she's content, and, and then she becomes to be complacent and then apathetic. Because I'm afraid that that's what's happened to an awful lot of the church as a whole in our United States. We, we have almost become, uh, you know, when you, when you uh, what is the word that I'm looking for when we uh, uh, build up a resistance? When we, we get a resistance, uh, a tolerance. Yeah, yeah, we get a tolerance for... Um, a drug or an alcohol or, or whatever. And I think we've we, we got a, almost a tolerance for the Word of God. We've, we've heard so much of this. And it takes so much to penetrate, to get down into the heart, to cause us to, to have the compassion that we should naturally have. And I'm not just talking about uh, you guys here, but I see it in, in the church as I've been around the United States and, and traveled and ministered. And so, in John chapter 4, John chapter 4, and uh, I, I love it when I uh, read something, a word that just kind of hits me like, like, huh? What? What's this? And it says here that Jesus, he left Judea. This is verse 3, and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Must. Must. It's kind of like that word when, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he says, you must be born again. If you're not born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. You can't get there. It's a must. And, and so there's no way around it. When he says must, we must. And here, so it says he must go through Samaria. Well, I went and looked at the map. I'm a curious guy. Was there some other way he could have got there? Yeah, there was another way he could have got there. A couple, two or three of them. But not to do what he was called to do because he came to what? What did Jesus come to do? Serve, but what else? Seek and to save that which is lost. Right. He came to seek lost sheep. <laughs> bah. Anybody else there? Bah. There we go. I got, got a few of them. Yeah. A few lost sheep. Found their way back. I shocked a, a, a community one time, a church that I'd been serving in just a short time. My first calling to work with youth. I love youth. Our young people here are absolutely awesome. I want you to know that. I watched Colton grow up and, and into a young man, you know, and, and uh, the Troy's boys grow up, and, well, they were already up pretty much. <laughs> They've always been up, you know. So anyway, uh, and all I've done is grow old, <laughs> you know, I've been growing up, maybe spiritually, hopefully, yes. And um, um, that's just... Uh, and in this ministry, um, I'd been on my face before God. This is when I was 25 years old. This was, I, I was that young man, and I spent 
uh, three months laying on my face before God in his word and being fed by God and taught by God and his Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in working in me and, and on me. And, and I went to find a church to go to and I went to the several churches and some of them I was so glad when they were done I almost ran out of them, you know. And then there was others where I went and it, it was kind of, yeah, you know, you know, right. And then finally God led me to a place where the word was going forth and it was a truth and I could identify and, and I knew God's word so it was hard for me to be fooled or deceived. And, and so I ministered there with the young people for, uh, for quite a while. And, and finally, we had a youth uh, service. And the young people used to do the entire service at night. And they would do the, the worship and praise. And they would take the offering. And two or three of the young people would bring a scripture. And, and it was just inspiring to watch them, them growing up, you know, and moving in the, in the spirit and, and being led. And, boy, sometimes they'd be around the altar. And they'd be just crying their eyes out, praying for their schoolmates and for the needs of their family and their neighborhood and the church. And, and um so we had that one time, the first time that we had that service, uh, the kids did this, and, and then I got up to close, and I brought a little word, and I, I told the, the, the church, I said, I'm awfully glad that uh, you have trusted me with your young people. I said, not knowing me and, and me coming here, you didn't, don't really know what I believe, and I said, uh, I believe in evolution. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't get a laugh. <laughs> what I got was a... <gasps> And the wind just came in. And I said, I believe that sheep evolve into shepherds. <sighs> and I went back out. And so, whatever you started at, I mean, wherever you started at, whatever you started at, believe me, God has another place for you to go, another step for you to take, another, another place to stretch you to. And believe me, it's a stretch too. I prayed one time that prayer of Jabez. You ever pray that prayer of Jabez? Anybody know about that? They made a big deal about that, wrote little books and all kinds of things, and, and you know, some of them were good, and some of them skipped over stuff that really needed to be in there, and um, but, but I, I just I was reading it in, in Chronicles, you know, of all places to be reading, and I ran into that. There's little gems in Chronicles. I was laughing about, uh, with, with Kenny about reading in, in uh, Leviticus, you know, and yet he's finding stuff in Leviticus that's saying, Jesus, Jesus. And it, it's just really neat to, to see these places. And I saw that, and I began to pray, Lord, expand my coast, <laughs> you know. Oh, boy, watch out what you pray for. You, you don't even know how elastic you are until he starts stretching you. And pretty soon you think, I'm about to break. No, just lean on me. Just trust me. It'll be okay. And it will be okay too. And so Jesus must needs go through Samaria. And there's a reason because there's a woman there with a reputation. And she's not very happy and she's not very comfortable and she's rather um, distraught. And And... She needs to meet Jesus. I needed to meet Jesus. I was at that point in my life in a low spot, very low spot. 
and I needed Jesus. There was a while there I didn't really know what I needed. I thought maybe I needed another drink. I thought I, maybe I needed another relationship. I thought maybe I needed more money. That wasn't going to take care of the situation because the situation was my heart. And Jesus takes care of hearts. And so he runs into this lady and uh, he has an interaction with her, an intervention. And, and hmm, I didn't know if we were going this way. <laughs> thank, thank you, Lord. I haven't touched a note, by the way. And I really don't care about that. That's been good for me. I want whatever it is to come forth to be good for each one of us, every one of us. And it says here that um, this woman comes face to face with herself and with somebody else that knows everything about her. I don't care what you think you might have as a secret. There is no secret with, with Jesus, is there? Because he knows everything about every single one of us. I don't care how much we try to hide it, how much we try to be a, a closet, whatever. <laughs> Jesus wants to, you know, it says, make, let everything be manifest. Let the light shine. Isn't that what? The, let the light shine. Well, the first place the light's going to have to shine is in the side of us. We're going to have to peel back all the stuff, all the pretense and all of the, the macho stuff. Believe me, it took something for my flesh to yield to the Spirit of God to get up out of a chair and to humbly come down before uh, this young black preacher and get on my knees and ask for Jesus to come into my life. I've never done anything at that point so humbling, I don't think, than that. And it was the best thing I ever did in my life. God cannot save a proud person. So, um, Jesus uh, has met this woman and she has now, he exposed himself as who he was to her and she goes off to tell everybody in Sychar about him. But he's there waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> I hadn't ever thought about this. He was waiting. His disciples had brought food, but that wasn't what he was waiting on. He says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. There is a huge meal outside of here. And it's not at Cassie's and it's not at, at some other place. It, the, the, what he's talking about here when he says, but he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said his disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Has he already eaten? Has somebody brought him something? And Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That's verse 34. Say not, 
ye, there are yet four months, and then comes harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. The harvest is there. It's out there. It's waiting to be gathered in. It's a beautiful thing, you know. And I was reading, uh, reading about the man who went and he went out to get some laborers to go into the harvest. He wanted some people to work in his vineyard. And he went out and he, and he hired some. He went out in the, in the morning, early, it says early. That was probably prior to uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. And he found some, some guys that were there and, and he hired them. They agreed for a penny to go to work in the, in the vineyard for a day. That was the standard wage, I guess. And so they went to work. Well, he went out about 9 o'clock, and he found some more guys. Maybe they showed up a little later. I don't know. And he hired them, says, you go in there. And then he showed up around noon, and he, there's some more. And so he hired them. And then at 3 o'clock, did the same thing. And then about the last hour, last hour of the day, I'll tell you what, church, I don't know what hour it is really, but I know it's not 6 o'clock, and I know it's not 9 o'clock, and I know it's not noon. I think we're on the downward side of the clock in our nation. I think the clock is ticking away, and I think it's a shame I'll get there in a minute, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how many times I'm going to close now. You keep track. I got, I, he's, he said a oh, Chuck's preaching. I'm going to sit on front row. <laughs> no, I'm just glad to have everybody here. I love Rick. I really do. <laughs> and so he went out there in that last hour, and he says, what are you doing here what are you doing standing here all day? Well, nobody hired us. <laughs> what? I, he didn't say, hey, I've been here ever since morning. But he had wondered. He wondered, why, why have you been here all day? There's work in the vineyard. And so, and so he hires him. He says, just go out there and work for an hour, will you? Go out there and work for an hour, and I'll give you what's right. The wage is going to be right, okay? When you're working for him, it's going to be right because he's just. He's right. And so they went, and they worked for an hour. And so it came that at the last, it says, he says, start with the last and, and pay them. Pay them every man a, a penny. And the guys that have been working for an hour, they just get a penny. Wow, a penny for an hour? That's pretty cool. Man. And the guys that got came at three, they yeah, guess what? They got they got a penny too. And the guys at noon, the guys at nine, so the guys that showed up early in the morning was out there and did all that labor in the hot sun and, and carried all them bundles of grapes and stuff. They're going like, well, let's see what we get. <laughs> guess what? They got a penny too. Oh, that doesn't seem hardly fair. Well, how come? And they confronted the man. He said, you're going to accuse me? I'm just. I'm right. I do rightly. With what's mine, can I do what I want to with it? 
And that's where he says, he says that many that are last shall be first and the first shall be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. You've got to choose to go into the field. you know that? That's what makes you really chosen is when you choose to go into the field. If we stay on the sidelines and we're not in the game, we're just not in the game. Would you rather be in the game or, or, or just watching the game? I'll tell you, there's uh, three types of people. People that get things done, people that watch things getting done, and then people that wonder what got done. Basically, that, that's the way it was, you know? And so Jesus is, is, is telling them that we need to get into the game. Now, the, the thing that bothers me is at the end of the day, I'm going to touch on, I'm going to touch on this because I, I got this on my knees at home over my, my word. At the day, end of the day, I want to know how those men felt who could have worked all day and they didn't. How did those feel that could have brought in more grapes? And I've thought about that in my life and the years that I wasted out there in the world. The time that I could have been laboring for Jesus. The time that I, I could have been thinking about souls. You know, I don't know whether you know what fruit is. But fruit is when the Holy Ghost fell and those guys came out of that upper room. And they went out and they began to publish the word of God. And there was 3,000 fruits. <laughs> I fell into that guy's basket down there at the altar. That's where I, where I became a fruit at, by the way. Somebody's fruit. And we are all somebody's fruit. You know that? Somebody carried the gospel. Somebody brought the gospel to each one of us. If we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here this morning. We'd still be lost if we hadn't heard, if somebody hadn't been sent, if somebody hadn't come along and shared with us what we really needed in our heart. And so it says here, um, I'm going to cut to the chase now and get down to a scary scripture in, in Jeremiah Chapter 8. Jeremiah chapter 8. I know it's right before 9. Right after seven, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, <laughs> the weeping prophet, wrote Lamentations, really a dark book, dark book, with some beautiful light right in the middle of it. And so, verse 20 says here, The harvest is past. Summer is ended, and we are not saved. The harvest is past. Anybody here besides me find that to be a sad, sad scripture? Because there will be a day 
There's coming a day when the harvest will be passed. Joel chapter 1. There's something about being, being fruitful that is so important. Jesus wouldn't have spent so much time talking about it if it wasn't important. And each one of us realizing today, hopefully. It says here in chapter 1 of Joel, uh, verse 10, it says, The field is wasted, and the land mourneth. For the corn is, is wasted, the new wine is dried up, the oil languisheth. Be ashamed, O you husbandmen, howl, O you vine dressers, for the wheat, for the barley, for the harvest of the field is perished. When we think about that, and Jesus is telling us, go you, go you, that we might be inspired. I was reading this morning in, in uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, and he says, uh, Why you call you me Lord, and you do not the things that I say? Why? I when Jesus says that, why? You know, I, that's, huh? Don't you know the hearts of all men? I mean, I know he does. But he's asking a question of us. Why do you call me Lord, and you don't do the things I say? I mean, that's about like being a parent, you know? Anybody a parent here? <laughs> and you tell them kids what to do, and what happens? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, in one ear and out the other. My dad says the reason it, it goes in one ear and out the other because there's nothing in there to stop it. <laughs> what, Dad? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> You know, about the third time my mother hollered at me, Charles James Wilson. And I go like, what are you hollering at me for? You didn't hear me the first three times, you know. Oh, thankfully, she never got to junior. I really wouldn't have survived that probably. But you know, the Lord is so patient and he's so loving and he's so kind. And he, he so much cares about us. And he cares about us so much that he really desires for us to have that same compassion when we see the lost and when we see the hurting and when we see the broken. He was so enamored with that lady at that well. And you know what? Man, she got into the harvest. Read that story in, in John chapter 4. She really got into the harvest. She went back into the town and she spoke with those people that she was trying to stay away from going to the well at noon when most people went in the morning and the evening. And all of gossiping and all that talk that had been about her. And she went to those men and she said, I have met a man who told me everything. Is not this the Christ? And some of them believed because of what she said. But then the city turned out and the Jesus was out there waiting for the harvest. She brought it to him. Isn't that beautiful? Man, that lady's basket is full. And I want our baskets to all be full too. And so I'll close with that. And... Uh, 
I believe this word falls on, on good soil this morning. And I love you all. You understand? Everybody know that? I, I love you.